0: This podcast is made in association with Wave Motion Canon. You can contact us on Twitter at Warri Desho or email us at warrideshow at gmail.com. If you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes, like, subscribe, follow, and share. guys just a quick note at the top of the show first of all i'm not in this episode but please don't stop listening (laughs) i just wanted to note that uh our guest this episode we don't say his name in in the episode proper so i just wanted to uh take this opportunity to say and introduce chris boylan is our very special guest and uh say thanks to him on the air and uh also Point out that if you'd like to get in touch with Chris and talk about uh, Kado, talk about uh, his industry experience or 3D anime in general, um, his Twitter handle is at Unitzer07. That's at UNITZER, the number zero and the number seven. Hajime. Hello and welcome to Warrior Show. And this is a bit of an unusual episode, say, because we've actually had a response to a previous podcast we've done which in this case was on Cardo the right answer. Bit of a misappropriation, eggs in my opinion. It was absolutely the wrong answer to how do we make 3D CG better. But I'm not the expert on that today. I've actually got someone with me who is an expert in the industry, a gentleman by the name of Zero Unit. Um, Zero Unit um, has a filmography that you might find quite interesting. He's a visual effects artist who's done work on both popular film and video games. So to list a couple of examples off here from the IMDb, uh, you might have heard of The Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, Coraline, Sp- The Amazing Spider-Man, uh, Sucker Punch. You, these are not small films, these. They're quite well known in the public consciousness. And then on the video game side of things, Lost Planet 3, Bioshock Infinite, Halo 4. So we've got a man here who has experience and credentials to be quite frank, knows a far bit more than I do about 3D CG. Uh, but anyway, I'll not talk too much more. Uh, please welcome him to the podcast, Mr. Zero Unit. Hey, how's it going? Thank you very much for joining us. It's not often that we get the opportunity to have someone with a lot of industry experience come in here and offer their opinions. So I believe from my understanding that you had listened to our um, Caddo cast, or maybe even watched the show, and that you had some thoughts on the
1: actual show itself. Is that right? Yeah, that's correct. Uh, I, I watched maybe the first couple of episodes. I didn't have any interest in the show to begin with but i figured i better do my research for the podcast since i was going to be on and so do you watched it through subsequently all the way to the end absolutely not <laughs> you made a wise choice my friend wise choice indeed Um, i mean but- i listened to your podcast so i figured uh, I, I knew everything i needed to know about why i didn't want to watch the show mm-hmm. absolutely so just Give some uh, information for our audience
0: here, because you have done work in both film and in video games. Are there any broadly different um, principles when do you go about towards animation between films and video games? Like, do you use different software tools? Like, give us a fairly simple rundown of if there are any
1: differences. Um, I wouldn't say there's really differences. Um, I I worked uh, mostly on video game cinematics, Ah. so really it's very similar to visual effects in that way. Um, It's just that we're usually dealing with fully CG characters as opposed to film where it's, you know, visual effects, uh, you know, digital doubles and stuff like that. I see. Right.
0: Okay. Then. Um, so as a 3D animator in the industry um, with some strong
1: experience here, what was your overall impression of the animation in Cardo? Right. So I feel like I understand what you're saying when you refer to the uncanny valley. Hmm. It didn't really, it was almost like it didn't bother me when it wasn't moving. Hmm. You know, and then once the characters started moving in 3D, you could obviously tell they were 3D. You know, it was impressive enough, but it still wasn't hand drawn, and it was kind of amplified by the fact that they were 3D characters next to 2D characters. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. That's the thing that I
0: pensioned in the cast. um So, from your perspective, then, is there any other ways of doing this better? Like, I believe, for example, um. In video games, uh, one of the pioneers of doing motion of, of 3D in cinematics is Naughty Dog, who, as I understand it, do motion capture for all of their cinematics. So you'll have like Nolan North and fellow actors, you know, dress up in these straight suits mm-hmm. with tennis balls all over them. Like,
1: is that something they could have realistically done for a TV show, or is that just way out of their remit? The thing is with motion capture, especially when you're trying to emulate 2D, um, you know, you get these these sequences of of these shows where they're usually like you see these idol shows where there's these bands full of characters and they're dancing, mm-hmm. um, you know, and the, the cameras flying around them. And it just to me, it looks like people wearing giant heads, <laughs> you know, it just yeah. really it looks even more unsettling than the 3D animation. Like, I feel like the, the best way to go about it is almost to just use the CG character as a base and draw over top like, don't even bother rendering. You know what I mean?
0: Mm, I see. All right, then. So when you're making a scene, like you mentioned before that you've done CG um, cinematics for things like, as your IMDb mentions, Halo 4. So yes. what's your... Do you have, like, a game plan that you go into to try and make it feel more naturalistic? Like, do you have anything in mind? Like, Or is it literally just as you said there where you've re- re- built it on top of the CG?
1: For for things like Halo 4, you're, you are using motion capture because it's a more ah. realistic type... Uh, animation mm-hmm. you know so it's not they're not going into halo 4 and saying you know for for a cinematic let's make something that looks like 2 d anime they're they're going in and saying we want to make something that looks like the game or we want to make something that looks like real life so motion capture in that case would be appropriate
0: mm-hmm. okay um are there other instances where you would prefer so so actually to backtrack a little bit, generally speaking, then as something becomes more realistic, that's when you might want to favor using motion capture over hand animation. Is that kind of like a sliding
1: scale in your mind? Um yes, yes and no. It depends on what it depends on what the character's doing because you know, again, with motion capture, a lot of what goes into it is uh tweaked afterwards, you know, mm-hmm. like the motion capture data has to be cleaned up and then yeah. it, it's always touched by an animator, so it's not like you're getting a one-to-one ever with motion mm. capture. Um, even, you know, no matter how much, you know, like Andrew- Andy Circus touts performance capture as being a one-to-one, it's ah, never yes. one-to-one, you know? Mm. Fair enough.
0: So, one of the more infamous 3D goofs in Cardo was the hook scene, which looked so incredibly stiff. Like, it was almost like Hanamori had, um, like, he had some sort of infectious skin disease, so... Unfortunately, Shindo was not willing to hold him properly. So yeah. how would you go about if you had two characters in any given scene animating a hook?
1: You know, it really comes down to with, with something like that. So, um, you know, a, a buddy of mine and, and I were kind of discussing this the other day. When you, when you have a, a, a pair of 2D characters, right, and you draw them, you know, making physical contact, you can kind of control the silhouettes of the characters and, mm-hmm. and you can control the points of contact. Whereas um, I find with CG, especially with CG anime, like they don't it doesn't seem like they go through the last step of like actually taking the animation after the fact and like tweaking it. Like there's this whole in like film, there's this whole uh, process called character finaling where you're literally going into animation scenes and cleaning up stuff like that. So like you would you would take the characters and actually like intersect them. And then after the fact, you would, um, like, push the clothing inwards so that the hand isn't just sticking through yeah. the model and stuff like that. So you would make it look like they're actually making contact with each other as opposed to just, like, wrapping their arms kind of around each other in this weird sort of way.
0: From what I've sensed there, then, I'm getting the impression that relative to your area of expertise, it seems like that 2D anime, at least from Kado's point of view, from its as an example is a bit underdeveloped in the techniques area. Does that seem something that you would agree with, like, given what your experience with 3D anime in general?
1: Um. Yes and no. I mean, I feel like this is sort of a, a problem with 3D anime in general, is that you can see there is always that missing last step of of the final tweaks. You know, it's almost mm. like they're they're using it to save... They're using it to try and save money or whatever. Mm. They're using it to, like, streamline the production... Or, or something or they're just trying to push it you know like in, in the case of kato i guess uh, you guys had quoted that they were trying to push how far they could go with 2d uh looking 3d um but i feel like there's still that like last step that they don't have time for you know because the production budgets are so tight and the schedules are so tight like mm. you really need that extra bit of time to kind of like polish if you're gonna if you're gonna try and emulate 2d you really need to go take like a lot of steps to make it to pull the the three D out of it,
0: you know what I mean. Yeah, I see what you mean. Are you familiar with any other three D anime like from recent? In fact, let's just address the elephant in the room. Uh, have you seen, for example, the more recent Berserk series? Yes. Yes. Oh dear. Um... <laughs> yes, it was. Yeah, it was
1: painful to watch.
0: Are you it a fan was... of Berserk by any chance?
1: Um, I I watched the uh, the Golden Age movies, <laughs> you know, and I mean, it's Good. just like. It's just, like, when they're drawing over top of the characters, like, I can tell that they're drawing over top of the characters and it looks great, but when they're switching between the 2D hand-drawn characters and then the same characters in CG, and it's so obvious that Mm. you can tell, like, the the weird thing is that, you know, not only is the character, like, 3D, but the lens choice that they're using when they're filming the 3D character obviously betrays the fact that the character's three-dimensional, you know?
0: Yeah, makes it more apparent. I remember reading an article and I, I really have to find and source this at some point because I don't have it to hand. But mm-hmm. it was discussing the difficult production of Berserk 2016. Yeah, yeah in yeah. that they attempted to replicate Miura's drawing style by greatly detailing all of the models. So we're talking in yeah. very, very detailed here. Uh to the point where when they tried to render them doing animation, it just all fell apart. Yeah. And is that Something that they could have avoided, like, because to me it seems a bit strange that you could go so far with such modern computing power. Is it really that intensive on the equipment that you've got, even with moderately complicated stuff?
1: Um, I would say so. Uh, I think, I think that their problem, the problem really with Berserk was that they tried to make 2D anime. Like, I feel like when I saw that trailer come out. I almost wanted it to look more like the cinematics from the game that was coming out at the same time. Ah, yes. You know what I mean? Like, it's almost like it doesn't, it it didn't lend itself to that either. Like you draw it by hand or just make it CG, you know, like it, it didn't seem like there was really any room for it to go um, anywhere in the middle. So yeah, I mean, I can understand the idea that if they made the model so detailed, it's going to take too long to render. Mm. Um, uh because yeah it's it's literally computing you know if, if they're talking about shadows and ray tracing shadows then yeah they're literally computing what all those shadows are are you know the surfaces that they're hitting mm. and so the more geometry that's in the scene the the more computation heavy it's going to get mm. and that just you know again if you're trying to produce a, uh, an anime show and you're trying to get it done quickly you know render times uh you know, exponentially increase, so you're not going to be able to support that past a certain point. I see. Fair enough, yeah. then. So, from what I gather from there,
0: you're also, I think, of a, the opinion that there should be a very clear divide between having something be totally 3D and, and 2D and not have a blend of the two, because I've seen that in Cardone, I've seen that in Berserk, where characters will, not necessarily in the same frame, uh, but like from cut between cuts, transition from 3D to 2D and then back again, or we right, have right, the, right. or we have the capital sin of, here's a 2D character on the right, here's a 3D character on the left, and it just looks weird. It looks really yeah. strange. So, is
1: that your belief then that you should always segregate the two, either go all in 3D or all in 2D? I I completely agree, 100. percent I mean, I feel like there's, you know, there's a reason why like, uh, you know, old mecha anime from like the the 90s and the 2000s looked kind of crappy was because they had these really CG robots and then these 2D characters that either like weren't moving at the same frame rate or, you know, just the disparity was, was too, too broad. And so you have this, even with 3D characters and 3D, uh, you know, the cell shading has come a long way since then. Um, but you really need to go all in, um, because once you put a 3D character next to a 2D character, the, the difference becomes immediately apparent. Like, it, and even if you can't tell, like, even if you are looking at it and you're just like, I can't tell that this is CG, you can because you feel it. You know what I mean? Like, that's yeah. not, going back to that uncanny valley feeling. Is like, even if you can't tell by looking at it, you feel it. It's different.
0: Yeah. Um, are there any examples you would say of 3D anime that you feel were done really
1: well? Like, who, whose 3D was a strength rather than a detriment? In my opinion, I, I felt like *Bubuki Baranki was the best-looking CG anime that had come out. Mm-hmm. Like, be, but probably because of the fact that they didn't do 2D, 3D. They did. They went all in on 3D. They. It looks like they put a lot of effort into animating it. And you know, a lot of people have complaints about well, CG animation. Why, you know, why chop the the the, the animation up? Why emulate 2D? That's a whole other topic that we can get into. Um, but I feel like the look of it, because there was no disparity, the the robots were three D, the characters were three D, the environments were three D, everything fit in, so it was very well integrated.
0: In your opinion then, what would um like with Halo 4 to go back to that, I can understand why they would right. have had um CG cutscenes and not two D cut scenes. Imagine, for example, like, I-, I played Halo 4, so I remember, like, there are certain scenes, like, say, with Master Chief and Lasky and all the other characters on the bridge of the Infinity. Like, they wouldn't have yeah. had that particular scene be animated in 2D versus right. 3D, because from my perspective of speculation, I'd think they'd want to keep a consistent feel between the gameplay and the actual cutscenes. Does that seem reasonable? Right. Yes. Okay. So, I, uh, what do you feel like that... Where do you feel 3D is best suited for its use? Then, like in, in all media, like are there times when you should use 3D over 2D, or is it just generally that you can use it anywhere as long as your application is consistent?
1: I feel like you can use it anywhere as long as your application is consistent. You know, it's it's just a tool, really, hmm. right? So as long as you utilize the tool properly, you're not gonna you're not gonna know it's there. You know what I mean? That's the best kind of way to put it. Like the best, you know, they say in visual effects, the best visual effect is one you don't see. I see, fair enough then. You know what I'm you know what I mean?
0: Yeah, yeah. Um are there any other particularly noticeable bad examples of 3D anime that you've seen like in terms of either their fidelity or just the fact they weren't directed properly? Any that stick out,
1: apart from Cardo and Berserk, of course. Oh my gosh, Berserk. I it's just it's just such a terrible friggin' example. Um let's <laughs> see. Three D three D anime. Uh, I really can't I really can't say you know, um that that Ashura movie didn't quite sit right with me, hmm. um, which is, it, you know, that's also, like, the character was really weird, and they had this, like, sketch shading over top that didn't quite work. It was sort of like, have you ever seen uh, Gankutsuou? I can't say I have. Okay, so, but are you familiar with, like, the look of that show? I, I'm not, I'm afraid. I unfortunately, Doc picked
0: me to join the podcast, besides because I'm ignorant of half of it. I'm going through a bit of a, a journey, shall we say. So, so, But please,
1: feel free to subscribe. Okay, so basically, like, in Gankutsubo, they had these um, really, really ornate textures for, like, all the clothing, mm. and they would um, they would essentially be, like, wallpaper that wouldn't move, so the characters would be moving through the texture, and you got used to it after a while, um, but what happened was, in this Ashura movie... Because they had this weird like sketch shader mapped onto the CG models, and it was like always constantly chattering, it got really distracting. Looking, you know.
0: Ah, so the sh- the shading itself was moving on the textures, even though it wasn't in time with like say lighting or anything. It just felt yeah, like yeah, yeah, a, kind yeah. of like a shimmering effects.
1: Sort of, yeah. Because they mm. were, it was like it was like a shadow. It was like a shadowed area, but they had this like CG cross hatching going mm. on. But it, yeah, you could tell. Like, I could tell it was procedurally generated. It wasn't, like, drawn on by somebody.
0: Yeah. Okay. Um. So to backtrack a little bit to for a moment. Um, okay. I have some idea of how a 2D uh, film or anime is made. You right. would storyboard, you'd do cell by cell, frame by frame. This would all probably be done uh-huh. digitally unless you were doing, like, say, at hand-drawn. Like, you're an auteur designer or studio, like, Ghibli, for example. Again, I mm-hmm. I'm only speculating on this merely because I don't have the industry experience. For yourself, if you were to make a 3D TV show, could you give us a rundown of the process from start to end of how that would be done, and also how many people you'd expect to need just for the animation? So don't worry about like, for example, voice
1: actors, right? It's just what would be needed to make the actual thing move. Okay. Um, well, so first first thing you you'd have to do is everything that goes into a 2D production. Up until animation would have to be done. So you'd have to have the characters designed. You'd have to have character turnarounds, um, environments. Everything would have to go through all the normal design processes up front before you could start. And then you would have to start um, character modeling. Mm-hmm. So basically, from there, um, you know, you'd have your normal uh, character sheets where it's just like a character in a pose. And you'd have to make uh, you'd have to make that so that the character uh, themselves was in uh, either like a T pose, what they call it, like a uh the Da Vinci pose. So uh, they'd be like standing yeah. with their arms out to the side.
0: I've seen that many times unfortunately in video games where they bug out and next thing you know you've got a character who's going through the normal run cycle as they're running across the thing, and then next thing you know they're just an airplane. Meow Meow Exactly.
1: <laughs> exactly. So so that's the that's what we call the bind pose, um which is essentially they're modeled in a T pose so that we can uh we can set up a rig and a rig actually moves the character and so um things become a little bit more complicated if you uh want to have the arms stay down at an, a 45 degree angle mm-hmm. because uh you like to uh, the CG. This is the other thing too about CG animation, like CG likes straight lines, you know? Mm. So when you, when you're building a rig, it's, it's good for uh, the joints to be oriented in a straight line. Ah, I see. So, so it's better for uh, deformations if the character's arms are down at a forty-five degree angle, but it's better for rigging if the character's arms are out straight in a T pose. Right. So see. finding that balance, um, you know, and I could tell, like especially in Kado, uh, you could tell because um, the characters always look stiff. They always look like they they've shrugged their shoulders up. That's a result of them being modeled in a T pose.
0: Ah, right, I see. Rather than right. the forty five degrees as you mentioned there to give them more naturalistic
1: movement. Correct, correct. It's 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 a, it's much more difficult to predict how the character's arms are gonna look because the first thing you do when you get a character as an animator is you rotate those arms straight down so that they're laying at the character's sides. Yeah. So they're modeled in a in a way that doesn't look right. Right off the bat, and then they're rotated down, and you get this sort of weird, like, shruggy shoulder look that happens in a lot of um, cartoons, actually. So, going back, so you create the character model, which is basically like a sculpture that doesn't move, right? And then once that's done, that has to get textured, mm-hmm. um, and that includes, like, that's, so that's all the colors. Um, you have to put a... Um, what's called surfacing or a uh like a it's it's like a material it has to be applied to the character and that material defines how the character looks when it's rendered. So in the case of Kado, uh it would be like a cell shading material. Hmm. Um and and then that would determine like how the shadows look and you know um the plugin that everybody uses in Japan is called Pencil Plus. Um it's a plugin for 3ACO Max and so you would go into that plugin and you would say okay, this is what the shadow looks like here. You, there's actual, like, gradients that you can map out and, you know, place along, like, a color swatch, essentially, of, like, this is what it looks like in shadow. This is what it looks like um, in the midtone. This is what it looks like at the highlight. And then that gets overlaid on top of the colors, which are mapped to the character, right? And then in the shader, you're also going to get the line generation. So that's also automated. Um, and then from there... Once that's all done, while it's going on, you're gonna have somebody rig the character, and a rig is essentially an armature that's inside the character because the animator can't move a model. Yeah. The model has to actually be articulated first. Like before the, bone, the animator can do anything. Like the bones are skeleton. You need that in place to, to articulate exactly. jo- Yep, Yeah, that's exactly right. And that's what we call them um we call them joints usually yeah. or skeleton. Um in in the early days of CG they were called like um Oh, geez. They weren't called like marionettes, but they were called puppets. They, they, <laughs> people would refer to them as puppets. Um, but that's essentially what they are. They're, they're just articulated little puppets. Um, so you would get the rig set up and you would put in a bunch of fancy shit for the animators so that they can do, um, all the things that they want to do. Uh, and then you would give it to an animator and then the animator would themselves animate the scene. Um, uh, and while that's all going on, you have people who are, making models of the actual sets that the characters are in and um they have all those things had to be textured and set up with materials. So, I mean, if we're, you know, going to how many people does it take? I can tell you that where I work right now, there are, I want to say there's four or five modelers creating models full time and about the same amount of rigors, and three or four animators.
0: Right. So that's just shy of um, that's around a dozen people just to do that. And I, I, I imagine you're probably under an NDA for whatever you're working on right now, so I won't, of course, pressure on exactly what that is. But is there the thing that you're working on, for example, like how long in length is this thing that you're working on, like the scene? If you could tell me just at least that.
1: Uh, well, so this is, uh, I'm working on a feature film right now. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's basically uh, visual effects in a feature film. So it's like background characters and stuff like that. Um, and it's, I mean, there's background characters in just about every scene. Mm. So it's, you know, by a scene by scene basis. But if there's a crowd shot, we're working on it. Um, if, you know, there's a shot somewhere in a city or something like that, say, we're working on that. Uh, so it really depends on the shot. But yeah, we're we're essentially working on the entire film.
0: Ah, I see. Okay, but that's all the background work and touch-up, and not the entire thing, so of course you'll have real-life actors there, so it's not the entirety uh, no, of the thing from a, start it's to finish. It's an animated feature film. Oh, right, I see. Excellent. Fair enough, then. So you've got a reasonable sized team there. Now, um, just to go back briefly to Cardo, then, you mentioned before, mm-hmm. like, about the rigging, and that they had not done it, they modeled, or rather animated, from a T-state, the T-bone state. Yeah. So, as someone with insider experience from your perspective, it seems like they were already fighting an uphill battle, or perhaps they weren't quite as experienced as they otherwise
1: should have been. Does that seem accurate? Well, definitely an uphill battle. I'm I don't want to comment because I feel like I feel like this studio has been been doing CG work for a while, so and, and truth be told, their work is impressive. Um, uh, so I never I never like to poo poo, uh, no, of course, people's people's hard work because it's I know what goes into it, but it is sort of like I can see, like I said, the uphill battle that goes into, uh, you know, rigging these characters and, and trying to make them look natural and trying to make it feel natural. Hmm.
0: That's fair. So in the podcast itself that, I, that we did on Cardo, I suggested that sometimes um, you would <laughs> use CG as a cost-saving measure versus doing it in 2D if you were doing an anime show, or indeed any West animation. I mean, there have right. been whole tv shows done in three like uh, one that i'm quite fond of was the green lantern animated series made by bruce tim which I think right. was 2010 and is it generally true that 3d is cheaper to make the, the equivalent to 2d or
1: are there instances where that rule does not apply i know domestically cg is more expensive more expensive so, right yeah it's more expensive so you're you're Both monetarily, um, I think that when you're talking about 2D animation, um, a lot of the work is done spread across the entire production, Mm. whereas in CG animation, you're doing a lot of work up front, you're making all of those characters, all of those sets, everything's got to get rigged, all that stuff has to be done before you can put a single episode out. So a lot of the work is done up front so that you can facilitate animation for the rest of the for the rest of the time. So, if you're making a, a CG TV show with all CG characters and all, C- like the Green Lantern show is actually a great example because they, or like Clone Wars, even they embraced CG. They used s- everything was CG, and I think those are kind of examples of how you can make it work. Because I remember that the CG Green Lantern show, like it was
0: not hyper realistic in terms of how the characters look. In fact, they right. seem. To the human characters in particular seem to resemble Pixar characters from like the Incredibles, for example, you know, very right. t- big jaws, you know, very bloaty, like fl- flubby look. Like they're all they're all very chunky, basically. There's there's no uh-huh. like grace to any of them, there's no streamlining, they all look very, very fat, to be honest. D- dare I be yeah. on PC. <laughs> no, that's <laughs> so, okay. So that is interesting, though, that it actually is more expensive than the 2D equivalent. That's not why I would have expected. Is that because in the 2D world, at least in West Animation, is that because it then tends to be outsourced to Eastern companies, or is that regardless of if it's outsourced or
1: not? I would, I would assume so. Hmm. Um, I know, at least domestically, a lot of the, uh, upfront production is done here. So it's like you get the, the, the writing is done, the voice acting is done here, um, the storyboards and the directing are all done here, and then, uh, Maybe you would go as far as like layouts, maybe, but then everything else is sent overseas. And so you're, you know, you're, you're looking at, I think a general overall cost saving, but, um, I was talking to a friend recently and apparently the Korean animators get paid just about the same as American animators do now. Oh, right. So I don't know, I, I can't hundred percent confirm that because that was just something that I was talking to a buddy about. Mm. So it's not like I have a, a a friend who's a Korean animator who can tell me definitively, but that, that seems to be the word. It's it's just, for some reason, CG is more expensive.
0: Yeah. Okay, um, I'm going to bring it back to Cado again. And I just wanted okay. to ask, from your perspective, we, of course, talked about the things that they did wrong. And I do agree with you that it's perhaps not, really not fair to completely poo-poo on the whole affair, because my animation experience is PowerPoint. That's it, yeah, <laughs> that's literally all yeah, I can yeah. do, so I pray it's not really fair for me to throw such shame like and place with the show were more narrative than anything, but what would you say in your
1: opinion was something they did really well from Card in terms of its 3 d animation any Any time there weren't two d characters It looked pretty good, I see
0: so it's as simple like, it's as simple as that then, just not not anything in particular that they did, but just that they where they kept that wall up, where they kept that divide yes. up,
1: that's when it works. Yes, Hmm. I I, I think that's the case because for me, it was like, you know, that first uh, that opening sequence in the in the first episode where the two guys are in the plane and whenever it was just them, I was like, okay, this isn't this is, you know, it's like Bukki Baraki. It's it's just them. But then whenever you would get one of them next to a 2D character, it was instantly like this is wrong. So
0: it's just just as simple as that. Then no, no fancy moment or anything like that. It it really is, in your opinion, just down to. Keep the divide. Don't let them cross over. Crossplay. Don't cross the stream, so to speak.
1: Right, right. I mean, I feel like I feel like there's a broader kind of, you know, like the anime community as a whole has a hard time accepting three D anime in mm. general. Um, and I feel like even like Bubuki Bronki gets a, a bad rap. And I think that is just I don't know I don't know what the the phenomenon is there where. It just seems like the, the anime community in general, if I can use heavy quotes, um, just doesn't seem to accept. Hmm. I don't know. How do, how do you feel about that? I, 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 this is sort of something I was most interested about coming on the podcast was to kind of ask you your opinion. Like, how do you feel about like a full CG production in anime? Well, can you accept it or is it something that's just not, doesn't work? I've had
0: a thought about this and for me, I've already seen like West Animation, I think does do CG well, like the Green Lantern show I mentioned. But the right, right, the, right. the caveat for this, and it feels bad, to, feels almost awful to say, is that I think that anime will eventually get a great 3D show, but it won't be because of the 3D. I, I know that sounds bizarre, but I think that the idea is that what it needs is a breakout hit that's got a very strong story or narrative to it. Yeah. But the problem is, is that I'm, I always tend to favour the writer in productions because for me, writing is the simplest part of any part of production. You write on a script, it's the cheapest part. I mean, you went through the many stages of, of gearing up to make a 3D show and a lot of those weren't even actually yeah. animation. You, the, the, the I noted as you went along, the number of steps you had were quite long before you actually got to even making them move. And right. yeah, Kano's greatest failing for me was not its 3D, but its writing. And that sunk it. Right. So, paradoxically, for there to be a great 3D anime, it needs to have... Not just, The 3D doesn't matter so much, at least to me. I think it needs, a, it needs a, a watermark moment, a watershed moment to break it out. And I think that that will happen eventually. Um, I'm hoping that that will also be accompanied with them showing some real fidelity in 3D animation. I mean... <laughs> yeah, right. I, I mean... Cardo was still very stiff of course Like, but I would have forgiven the stiffness if as you've rightly pointed out they also kept the 2D, 3D wall up in place or just committed wholly to one over the other. And right. I think that 3D does indeed have its advantages for things like there are three films I could think of which I am quite f- which I think are good fr- examples of free. Now I'm talking about 3D in cinema here so this is of course 3D glasses which is not strictly speaking the same thing. Right. But I can use some examples because they have stated goals for what their 3D is meant to do. Uh, the first of which was Tron Legacy. Now, right, let's okay. completely forget CGI Jeff Bridges. He doesn't exist in this film, as far as I care. That was shockingly bad. It
1: was, it was pretty
0: it was, awesome. It was, <laughs> it, was, it was bloody awful, is what it was. It was terrible. But what I liked is that they only had the 3D elements, the CG bits, kick in when they were actually were in the... The Tron universe, but the, the the computer world, and they used it to help sell and define the world itself. That's right. when it kicked in. Like I remember watching that in an IMAX theater in New York with 3D glasses on, and that was the point when it kicked in. There was no 3D elements in the real world up until that point, disregarding mm-hmm. CGI. Jeff Bridges' abominable mm-hmm. face. Ugh. Thank God it's got such so better. I mean, I remember watching uh, Civil War and thinking, oh, they've done a good job of making you know Robert Downey Jr. look like he's. 15 years old. It's a decent attempt. I know, attempt. that was
1: pretty impressive. That,
0: that was pretty impressive. Compared to CGI Jeff Bridges it was like light years away and that was what yeah. oh, seven, yeah. seven years apart. But anyway, um, the other films I would say would be Alfonso Cuarón's Gravity. I apologise to mispronounce his name there. The 3D that they used in that was to give a sense of depth and perception to what mm-hmm. was going on. Because like you had objects and they were yelling things at each other saying like, this space station is 200,000 miles away whatever. But because right. you could actually see a 3D object, it helped sell the distance and then what would happen as it got closer and closer right, right. and then smashed into things. And the final one, even though I don't think it's anything to write home about narratively, is Avatar. And that, yes. but that was, to me, feels more like a tech demo. Like the story of Avatar is very, very pedestrian. There's nothing really that special about it, in my it's... opinion.
1: Yeah, it's very, it hits all the buttons and checks all the checks and you're good to go. Yeah, that's it. It
0: covers enough bases to be acceptable for noise. But the 3D itself was great because it was, again, about immersing in the world um, right, that they right. were presenting. And to come back to Cardo, that's where I think it shone brightest because when you were inside Cardo and seeing it, you know, shift and morph and all that, yeah, that's yeah, yeah. when it was sold to its best effect. And I don't know if you got as far as seeing the Big Bang scenes later on. Did you get to those points? No, no, I I only watched like the first couple of episodes. <laughs> you still made the right decision. Don't don't ever regret your choice. If someone comes up, you said into the street, and says to you, you should have watched All of Cardo, You are free to keep on walking. <laughs> just just ignore that person. They don't know what they're yeah. talking about. Just yeah, yeah, nee, 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 nee. Go away. So, <clears throat> but they do have a number of scenes of like the Big Bang and like life forming in the oceans and stuff um, later on. Oh and interesting. It reminded me a little bit of the Stargate sequence from uh, 2001, A Space Odyssey. It's not quite as intense as that. But again, I think that's where it was used the best effects. It wasn't actually about people at that point. But that being said, I could certainly get with uh, your perspective that if they were all in you know, 2D versus 3D,
1: yeah. it would
0: have worked out just fine. So that, make- that makes perfect sense to me. I- I'm not inherently against 3D, because as you've rightly pointed out, it is just a tool. It's a method yeah. of conveyance of what's going on. It's your tool set to tell a story. I mean, I have been a long professed fan of, you know, Thunderbirds and Captain Scarlet, and they are pieces of wood right, cladding right. around on a stage. They're not the most yeah. sophisticated thing in the world. But if you're telling at least a decent story, then that's what will keep me engaged. And again, that's right. why I think paradoxically for there to be a great 3D anime, it's not going to be about it's the 3D it's not, that's not right. going to make it happen, which
1: feels it's, it feels awful to say. It feels like very dismissive. But I think that, no, but but you have a great point. Like even Bubuki Baranki is like, oh, this this story sucks. You know what I mean? Like I just watched it as a study. Yeah, you, uh, fair enough. Then that says it all. You you
0: watched it as someone with an in, in inside experience of the actual industry and seeing how this right. thing came together. Right, and I wish that weren't the case, but I I feel like that's how people would react. Mind you, I would also argue this scale within telling a good story so I'll to also of use the 3D to effect. I mean, we have a number of 2D animation studios. Like, let's take Monogatari. I don't know if you've seen that or heard of it. Um, yes. So, Monogatari, right? I've read the books. I've not watched any of the anime shows. But the screenshots I've seen and the clips I've seen, the work that goes into telling what is otherwise... Like, this character gets set on fire. But... Yeah. The scene that I've seen of that character being set on fire is so intensely animated. Like it's, yeah. The detail is incredible. I mean, the words on the script Aragi gets set on fire. You could do that very plainly in animation, or you could go all in as they did, and it helps sell what I think is the moment of him like having that nightmare or that transformation where he becomes the vampire. And yeah. that helps accentuate the story and the feelings of the character. So, I don't know. I, I've I think it's one of those things that we'd have to have actually happen and to then look back on it with hindsight to see how it works in the first place. I can only speculate yeah. so much on what would go into making a 3D anime. I mean, I say the writing would have to be great and then you build on top of that. Or maybe it could be the other way around. Maybe it is a technical marvel that then bootstraps everyone else into going over to that particular style of animation and then you get the great writing out. I, I, I don't know. Well I think that, as Doc said though yeah. in the cast, that I think that Cardo is at least a progression. There are certain yes, things that you've, agree. that you've rightly said that it doesn't do right, but I think there's some things it does do well. And you know what? Rome wasn't built in a day. You get every That's bit, true. every bit builds on top of each other. So if nothing else, even if, you know, people look back at Cardo and think it was a fascinating failure, <laughs> at least it was a fascinating one that might possibly educate people or maybe inspire them to go and, you know, make their own thing that, Goes from there. I mean, you said the studio itself has had a lot of experience doing, um, CG anime. So maybe they'll learn from this, you know, maybe they'll build on it. Yeah. They went in with good intentions as well. It was the hubris that shot them down in the end. They, I remember reading I think that. So. Yeah. I remember reading that article where they said they always do great things with CG. And I think that there were certainly faults in certain areas, but there's nothing that overall sinks it insofar as the animation goes. Like, if it, if Cardo itself was competently written, I would not hate it. I, I would find the 3D to be Tepid, a bit uneven.
1: Yeah, but it's well. A... You'd still have it. You still have distract, detractors, right? But it would at least have been universally accepted as a good story. Oh yeah, absolutely.
0: And I think that that would then have allowed them to overlook the three D. Whereas in the opposite sense, if Cardo was much better animated, it would still have those faults that would drag it down. Right, and, and then
1: people would concentrate on CG and be like, "Rah, the three D is bad." Rah, rah, rah. Yeah.
0: Well. We'll wrap up shortly then, Ezio. So firstly, I want to thank you very much for agreeing to come on the past today. and it's very, it's very helpful for everyone to have some industry insight experience here um, and your points have all been fascinating. So uh, thank you so much for being here on this cast for us today. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much. Um, before we go, there is one final question I wanted to ask you. Um, apart from what we've discussed, is there anything else that you feel that 3D anime should do in order to progress as, a, as an art form, as a medium, to take the next step? Like, What would you like to see happen?
1: Uh, I would like to see them try and push away from emulating 2D so closely. Hmm. Like I feel like they could definitely keep an anime style, but they they could do so much more with CG. Um, and I feel like maybe something a little bit more stylized, and um, maybe something yeah in terms of like visually stylized and the, in terms of character design. I think that would that would be that would be something I'd be interested in looking at. You know what I mean? Like right now, a lot of anime kind of looks samey to me and Mm. I'd like to see them kind of push away from, you know, maybe like you said, that big breakout where they're just like, we're just going to do something completely different and see what happens.
0: Mm. So you think that they play a bit too safe at the moment?
1: I think that they're, I think that a lot of people are really aspiring to be be the ones that finally crack this whole like we finally made 3d cg that looks like 2d and i think that is sort of a problem because you're it's 3d so it's never going to be 2d you know what i mean yeah i mean I've, so so they're fighting against already an inherent thing
0: yeah i mean i suppose if they were trying to emulate it so closely the counter argument would be well, will just do it in 2d why why right. go to so such lengths when you can just go to 2d I mean, that makes right, perfect exactly. sense. But I see what you mean. I think that, as I said in the Cardo cast, like, direction is important as well. Like, you can be Correct. decide absolutely from the beginning what tool set you want to use. But I think that a certain amount of direction, like, and how you apply it. Like, I made the suggestion um, that what they should do is animate everything in 2D except for anything that the anisotropic touch. So you'd have Zashida. Yes. He'd be 3D. Then you'd have a 2D character. Bam. There you go. You've got the like, Incani Valley... But it's serving an erasive purpose rather than just being there because we didn't think about it.
1: I mean, right. if- and that's actually a good thing to bring up. You, when I was watching the the first couple of episodes, I was thinking about that that you said that in the cast. I was like, oh, that actually would be a great idea because then it would be something like, wait, why is this? Why are these characters different? But it serves a purpose.
0: Yeah, you can turn anything that, like you know, would otherwise be a disadvantage to a strength if you utilize it appropriately. Right. I th- so. I'm a bit surprised that for what for what they said, like, you know, we want to push 3D's envelope out there, they didn't seem to have any sort of creative ambition that would give that Ikado kind of, the edge it needed in its animation aspects, like, to exactly. apply it creatively. But um, that's as much as you said, in that they played it a bit safe as opposed to getting a bit out there, getting a bit wild, a bit spicy even. So who knows? Hopefully the Ikado can serve as an object, lesson. I mean, I don't know, admittedly, of the reception of it over in Japan itself... I don't know what metrics they're using to determine its worth as a as a product, or if they're looking at any feedback. I mean, companies like that, like, I don't even understand Japanese for a start, so Lord knows what gets past the language barrier in the end. But yeah. steps have to be taken. If this has to be the one we do, growing pains, teething problems, you know, they all come there. But I do think that one day 3D will be more accepted as an art form. And I think that to coin off what you've said there, It will serve as a complementary art form to 2D. One will not replace the other. Right. I I would like to see them both be utilized and utilized well and to tell some great and engaging stories. Anyway, um, we'll now wrap up. Thank you, everyone, very much for listening. Thank you so much again to Unit Zero for joining us today and taking the time out to actually discuss this with us. It's been a pleasure having you on the cast, my friend. Thank you very much for taking part. Thank you very much. It's been a pleasure for me, too. Fantastic. And with that folks we'll leave you now. We'll be back soon with more content in the near future. Don't miss it.
2: またね。